It's my joy and privilege to preach my last sermon as your pastor, senior pastor. I have thoroughly enjoyed the ministry and still enjoy it today. I have been privileged to see things and be part of things that I never thought that in my lifetime I would ever see. God has been so gracious to bring me out of the out of the primitive life that I was raised in a poor life and given me a calling and ordained me and sent me out to do the work of God. One young man asked me one time, he said, Pastor, how do you know that God is calling you? And my answer to him was this, you will, be, you will not be happy with anything else. It'll be on your heart and your mind. When you, when you go about in the day, you're going to think about it. And when you go to bed at night, you're going to think about it because the Holy Spirit is wooing you to surrender your life. And I'm thankful that he did in my life. My sister-in-law in Spanish Fort, Alabama, said, whatever you do today, don't you mention my name. <laughs> she was very influential and being persistent to invite me and my wife to come to church. And she kept calling and calling until finally I said, call your sister and tell her we're coming to church. Only because I couldn't go fishing. There was a storm that day. But that's all the Lord needed. And it started right there. Amen. Thank you, Joyce. Thank you so much. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, this is not our text. You can go to our text, Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. If you have your Bibles, if you don't have a Bible, there are some in the back of the pews. Just grab you one. I want you to see the Word of God. But I think about 1 Corinthians 15, 57 and 58. But thanks be unto God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain. That's the, that, those scriptures just come to my heart this morning to the fact that it's all because of the Lord Jesus. It's all because of the love of God. It's all because of His grace. It's all because of His mercy. It's all because of His kindness that He has shown unto us. It is somewhat hard for a pastor to step down after 35 years. We have mixed emotions, and uh, our heart goes out to those that we love. They will always be a part of our life. And they will always be a part of our prayers. But I think about the man of God in Acts chapter 20, where we find the Apostle Paul meeting with the elders of the church at Ephesus, the beloved people of God. He had some things to say to them. I'll be as brief as I can because I know it's getting late. But if you'll join me there in Acts chapter 20, verse 17. I'd like to read the remainder of this chapter. 
And from Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. And when they were come to him, he said unto them, Ye know from the first day that I came unto you in Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons, serving the Lord with all humility of mind, and with many tears and temptations, which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews, and how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you and publicly and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance towards God and faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. And now behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things which shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide in me. But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of, God, of the grace of God. And now behold, I know that ye all among whom I have gone preaching uh, the kingdom of God shall see my face no more. Wherefore, take uh, to you record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men, that I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock, over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers, to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock, also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. Therefore, watch, remember, that by the space of three years I cease not to warn you, every one, night and day, with tears. And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of His grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. I have coveted no man's silver, gold, or apparel. Yea, yourselves know that these hands have ministered unto the, my necessities and to them which are with me. I have showed you all things, how that so laboring ye ought to support the weak, and to remember the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, how he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And when he had thus spoken, he knelt down and prayed with them all. <clears throat> and they all wept and fell upon Paul's neck and kissed him, saw, sorrowing most of all for the words which he spake that they should see his face no more. And they accompanied him to the ship. Father, <clears throat> I ask your blessing. I ask your wisdom. I ask your power. Lord, just speak through your word. 
Let it accomplish where you send it. Let it touch hearts and lives that we might remember, Lord, that there are a work that is continue must be done by everyone doing their part and watching and guarding the spirit and love of the church. Thank you, Lord, for Hillside Baptist Church. I thank you for every member. I thank you for those friends which come faithfully, how we've grown together in Christ. I thank you, Lord, for the, those marriages that have been repaired, those lives that have been salvaged by the power of your Holy Spirit. My Father, we look at the amazement of what you do, and we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Just a few thoughts this morning on the church of Ephesus and Paul's departing. If you've read the Bible and understood what happened in Paul's life, remember that he meant you will see my face no more. I hope you get to see my face more. Amen. You know, I'm not planning on going home and kicking out and leaving you. But you know, if God wants me, that's okay too. I'm ready. Are you? I'm anticipating his coming. I'm looking, I'm, I'm keeping my eye on, on the sky. The Bible says in Colossians, set your affection on things above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of the Father, making intercession for you. I know that my Lord is working on my behalf. And Paul said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. We are a winner in both sides of this promise. Here on this sin-filled earth, God is with us. He strengthens us. He blesses us. He uses us. And when he, when he gets ready, He calls us home. I told someone again this morning, there's no such a thing as retirement in the Bible. Now, I know that's going to disappoint some of you. The Bible said in Revelation, I believe it's 14, 13. Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord henceforth, yea, say the Spirit of God, that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. You know, we're going to have a day of rest. But until that time comes, we've still got to work. And I have talked to many of our men and ladies who have retired. And the word is... I have more to do now than I had when I worked. I, I did all of this and worked a full-time job. And now I can't seem to get... Well, folks, understand. When we reach this part of our life, we have a little bit of memory problem. We have a little bit of eyesight problems. We have a little bit of, of uh, forgetfulness. And uh, so we have to understand that when, it, when we go for a project... We need to downsize. I told my wife, I said, when I retire, if that's the official word we want to use, I said, I only want you to give me one project at a time. <laughs> and I'll do good if I finish that one thing. Folks, we understand as we get older that physically we cannot do the things we used to. Mentally, we cannot do the things we used to. In our abilities to hear and to see, 
All of these things affect us. And it gets harder and harder until the Lord calls us home and we put the old body to rest back to the earth. As we look here at Paul's last words to the elders, in verse 19, he made a mention of the fact that serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews. I want you to look at that phrase, serving the Lord with all humility. It is very important that we understand humility. It is very important that we understand uh, the examples that are given to us in the Word of God, and we cannot go to all references. But if we're going to go to one reference, let's go to Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. Turn there in your Bibles with me. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. And as you're making your way there, Paul's writing to the Christians at Philippi, and he is saying unto them, he is saying, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Every Christian ought to be having the mind of Christ. Well, what is the mind of Christ? We go on. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found fashioned uh, as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. If we want an example of humility, we look to the Lord Jesus Christ. And may I say that humility is not weakness. Humility is a wisdom of understanding of where you stand before an awesome God. Where you stand in an awesome responsibility. And it humbles us that God chose us. God called us. It's a humbling experience to know that God would use us. Folks, I grew up in a poor home. I grew up with basic life. We had food. We had shelter. We had clothing. The basics of life we had. But we didn't have the advantage of a lot of people. And uh, as you know, in the Word of God, that God in 1 Corinthians says, that he chooses the weak things of this world. He chooses the, the, the fact of those, as, as the Word of God tells us, those disciples that followed Jesus when the people recognized they were with Jesus and they had such knowledge, they looked and said, these are just ignorant, common, plain folks. Now, I'm not saying that God doesn't call an intelligent man. I'm not saying that God doesn't uh, call a a uh, man of prosperity. I'm saying that God does things totally different in His world for you and I to be used of Him. And one of the greatest things is have that humility to understand what an awesome responsibility is given to us. Paul said he, he had tears and he had temptations. There was always opposition in the ministry. There was always those who were waiting 
in the shadows. Those who were ready to pounce upon him and to cause him physical and mental harm. They were always there. But he continued because he had a proper spirit within himself. And when you and I have a proper spirit of humility, we will be able to accomplish many things for the Lord. And thank God that we can do it. And when we, when we do those things, we recognize that wasn't my flesh. That wasn't my will. That wasn't my way. But thank God, it is His way. It is His will. And it is accomplished. And so, God will allow us to accomplish much for the Lord in the right spirit of humility. God gives freedom to preach the whole counsel of God under humility. God kept, Paul said that he kept nothing back from those people because it was profitable unto them. We must always preach the profitable gospel. It will, it will shape you. It will mold you. It will melt the cold heart and it will cause a flame of fire that you cannot live without doing something to bring glory to the Lord. And we must continue to keep that in mind, that it is profitable. He showed them by example, and he taught them by the word. It's so important. Now, secondly, we see that in the realm of these verses that we shared, we, we know that the Apostle Paul took the message to all the people. If we are not careful, we can get a mentality. We can get a, a pridefulness that we only think we should go to certain people. And, and it, it, it happens. Uh, what, what was it Dr. Criswell said? Uh, he said, birds of a feather flock together. Well, I'm telling you, if you've got the right food, they'll, in, they'll interchange with you. Now, how do I know that? Because my wife bought me a big bird feeder for Christmas. And, uh, and I feel that thing up. And every morning I pull that curtain back. And wouldn't you know, there's those little sparrows. There's those little uh, wrens. There's those little, uh, well, not so little, there's those, there's those uh, uh, red birds, excuse me. They pile in there with them. And just the other day, a, a dirty old blackbird. He jumped on that feeder, and he, he scared every one of them away. I had to go out there and, hey, get off that feeder. Go find yourself something somewhere else. You're messing up the meal here. But if you have something to feed people with that will give them life, you will accomplish for God what you need to do. And that's what the Apostle Paul did, taking the message. And today we still have a responsibility to take the message. Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Well, therein is the righteous revealed. From faith to faith, he talked about uh, the message, the hope, the promise. 
The Word of God tells us that we're, we're to go into all the world. Our missions do not end at the boundaries of foreign countries. We don't stop at the border of Mexico. We don't stop at the edge of Canada. We don't stop the ships or the planes from flying into all countries of the world to take the blessed hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ. There are people today that are in darkness and they have not the light because they've had no one to take the word of God and tell them about Jesus. Let me tell you, folks, it's hard in a foreign field. You're going to a different culture. You're going to a different language. You're going to a different behavior and thought process. And you're going to talk to people who've never heard about Jesus. All they know is their idolatry. All they know is, the, is they're supposed to walk by those wheels and spin them and their prayers and just keep going by them. Or they're there to go and, and put up their little uh, place of worship of ancestry and they're to take candles and light them and they're to put food there and all the things that they believe that they're supposed to do. Aren't you glad that we can tell them, stop that? You don't have to do that. Your God, our God is not a dead God. He's a living God. You look at all of the false gods and you see they died. They died. Now, Jesus died too, didn't he? But they haven't resurrected and he has. Why? Because he's the son of God. Because he gives everlasting life. He said, I've come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. The message was to all. Another thing that I see in, in the heart of the Apostle Paul is the fact that he stood firm and he stayed true. He stood firm and he stayed true. That is so important today to remind us in an ever-changing world. And believe you me, if you don't watch the news or read the paper, if you don't listen to the radio, if you don't hear what's going on in the other parts of the world, you're going to miss the timing of God because it's all revealing itself. Just this past week, they showed a woman in uh, Switzerland who had a chip implanted in the back of her hand. And when she walked in to go through the store, she flipped her hand up and it beep. That was it, folks. That's what this world is coming to. How can we keep up with all of these people that are destroying the world with their, with their thievery, with their deception? Oh, here's a great idea. Let's put a chip in everybody so we can keep up with where everybody is. My friends, it's coming, but I'm glad I don't have to take the chip. I'll take the choice of Jesus Christ. I will give glory and praise to Him that all of the technology of man will come to naught one day. But the Word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit and the promises of God will live throughout eternity. What a great joy. Uh, let me encourage you today. There's so much going on 
in religion, in faith, in Christianity, as well as in the world. And it, you know, when Satan deceives, he just doesn't throw you out a barrel full of bad things. He does it one thing at a time, little by little. Have you noticed in the days in which we live how the atmosphere of advertisement has changed? Did you catch those little things like, oh, that's two men. Oh, that's two ladies. Oh, that's, a, that's a, one of those folks that have changed their, their life in a different person. God's got a record of our DNA. But, but it's subtle, and it's coming, coming, it's coming. What are we to do? We're not to, we're not to uh, worry. We're not to fear. We're not to panic. You saw on television a tsunami that hit, what country was that? Indonesia. And then just the rumor the other day, that there was another tsunami coming. And what happened? People were just running, driving cars, riding bicycles. They were just panically running. Why? Because they've been through one and they know how bad it can be. When, when there's an earthquake, you don't see people standing inside of a building. I wonder if this building will hold up. You know what, Mike, that's pretty good construction. No, when, when things start swaying and moving... I've never, I've never been there. Some of you have, if you've been on foreign countries, or you live in California, or Oklahoma, or maybe in Missouri. One of the greatest earthquakes that took place in the United States was right down here in the Boot Hill. To know that the Mississippi River ran backwards? Man, I'll tell you what, that'll shake you up. I'm glad that no matter what comes our way, we have a Lord that watches over us. He provides for us. He takes care of us. And uh, we find that we just need to remember, never lose sight of the Savior. Never lose sight of the Savior. Because if man is going to make it into an eternal heaven, he's got to see Jesus. He's got to hear the name Jesus. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12. Neither is there any other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I've met a lot of people say, well, now listen, that's just your belief. That's your thoughts. That's your way. And, and we believe this way. And we believe that if you're a Buddhist, you can go to heaven. Or if you're a... You're a atheist or you're this or you're that no the bible is very narrow it's very straight except you be born again except you repent you cannot see the kingdom of god jesus said it in his own words to nicodemus you must be born again and if we will constantly do what god wants us to do by seeing what he has done and what he is doing and what he will be doing, then we're reminded we can serve the Lord with all humility. 
We can take the message to all the world. We can stand firm and stay true because we never lose sight of the Savior.